You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Like 10, 9, 30, 10. Oh, well, that's not that. terrible. And he then, like zipped through that. And then wife and I processed meat. Hell yeah, brother. And then I was like, I'm going to bed. Spoiler. There's meat to be processed. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, he went the to the deli afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Got some pastrami. Yeah. So it was uh, selfishly, I didn't even think about you guys um, doing all the storm stuff until like late the next morning. I was like, oh, dude, they were going to hit the road. Yeah. But that night before, I can't imagine you got a good night's sleep before you left because I assume like me, you guys were up checking weather and uh, every push notification. And Dan looks like he did, and he slept through like no. a baby. <laughs> no, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where we've been planning this trip for such a long time that I think we were all just like, we're going no matter what. <laughs> like, I told David, I was like, like, I don't know what's wrong with us, but like on the way down, none of us were like, maybe we shouldn't go today. It was like, how are we going to find our way down to the creek to fish yeah, today? I might, yeah, it might take me. I might need to schedule more time to drive down there. <laughs> But what's crazy about the trip is we were originally planning on camping out down at Lake Cumberland the night before, mm-hmm. uh, and luckily we didn't do that. Um, that would have been a wild evening. It yeah. would have made for a good podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> Maybe there wouldn't have been a podcast. <laughs> we might have found ourselves in the Cumberland. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously it was a super tragic weekend in yeah. Kentucky. Um, I think it's up to 80 deaths confirmed. Jeez. Projecting 100 or more. There's still... I was watching a lot of that. Uh, uh, so you guys had the benefit of being disconnected from it in some ways, though, and not being super exposed to the news. I'm a news junkie, like, at my core. I try, I've try. i done a really good job of quitting that addiction because I used to – anything that would start happening, even with, like, U.K. basketball, I'd be, like, yeah. you know, motoring through Twitter. Um, I did that some this weekend, and it's just, like, it's horrific. Uh, but I'm glad you guys kind of, you know, could separate your, yourselves from that. So it sounds like from just like loose – I haven't heard any amount of the story, but loosely texting with you all, it sounds like it made for quite the trip down. What happened? Yeah, Derek, uh, he went a different route than – I think you went the same way we did. Um, and he actually kind of went more towards the line of the storm. And so he was got stopped in a city that roads were flooded – there was damage and debris, and so the police had shut down the road, fire and EMS, and everybody was working there. And a lady actually came up to his car, and um, he said she was kind of, like, frantic. And, you know, there's tornado damage, and people are dead was kind of all she said. And so then he got on his phone and started, you know, texting and calling us, being like, this is the deal. This is what happened. Um, he actually ended up having to backtrack, like, an hour and a half to get around to – end up meeting us so he was late because you guys left so early you probably didn't know didn't know Mm-mm. like he i was, mean I, no I woke up to seeing andy did his I uh, mean, the governor did his announcement at 5 a.m but yeah, you guys left at like rolling. four something. yeah but you guys really, were rolling you know before. with that storm damage stuff especially out in the country you don't know till the sun comes up mm-hmm. right if your neighbor's still there or you know what the true extent of the damage is so you know i think there were a couple big buildings down where you know people were calling for assistance and stuff there was a candle factory down. Amazon. But, but yeah, it's one of those there. one of those things where um 
you know, Derek, who's a firefighter, you know, we were joking that he was probably thinking about getting called up into action. And I think his, his team here in Louisville is like a structure recovery yeah. specialized team. So, you know, I think he, in the back of his mind, he was thinking like, well, how widespread is this? Is this going to affect, you know, yeah. my, my trip? Should I head back and are we going to get called yeah. up? But Ended up being the National Guard. Yeah, the National yeah. Guard ended up getting mm-hmm. called up. So He was down by the rehab center. We come to find out, like, what stopped him on the way down was that, like, tragic cave-in at the rehab center. Yeah, I missed the exit I should have taken and went down 65, one more exit. But I was going through some back roads, and it was big-time limbs and debris. All Because yeah. even places that didn't get the tornadoes got crazy straight yeah. line winds, metal so. roofs off barns mm-hmm. draped across guardrails and stuff yeah, like that well the storm stopped short of radcliffe which is 30 or 40 minutes short uh, south of louisville but the the winds obviously still stayed strong because they were finding photos yeah that from was nuts. western kentucky it was 166 miles proven that one of these photos traveled across the river from louisville I don't know if you saw it. Into New yeah. Albany. Into oh, New Albany. Geez. They were finding photos in New Albany, which is, if anybody doesn't know, it's right across from Louisville. So yeah. uh, I want to make sure we have time to talk about the rest of the trip, though, because you got a deer. Yeah. Well, the rest of the trip was hunting and fishing. And the bad, you know, it, it's bad to say this, but that same abnormally warm front coming through with the with the storm kind of made for a good weekend as far as hunting and fishing because we got to our local hatchery creek which is where the fish and wildlife hatches all the trout because trout is not a uh, normal species for kentucky they have a creek that goes to the cumberland river where they just release some of the fish directly into this creek and it makes for really good trout fishing uh so that that weather still um abnormally warm and super rainy so there were, we had no one else on the creek with us um the fish were very active because it was a little bit warmer than well and, and then sunday the, dro- the temperature dropped which yeah is perfect right for going perfect for hunting, hunting. Yeah. yeah exactly so um like it dropped significantly yeah significantly yeah. you could feel degrees. it throughout the day like the wind was blowing it was like 70 and the wind would be like feel like it was like 30 yeah we came up at lunchtime and then it's all right i'm putting on a hat and gloves yeah the gusts up here were still 30 mile per hour consistent, like pretty consistent gust of 30 mile per hour winds on Saturday. Yeah, we didn't have it that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So Hatchery Creek was awesome. We all caught some fish, but Jacob, if you want to share your big trout yeah. story, that yeah, was, so, I was all excited. Um, this is like the, the story that I think all anglers seek. Uh, this was a last cast kind of deal. Mm. So they're up at kind of closer to the top of the creek and i'm i'm like hey dan i'm gonna go around the corner i'm gonna go down past these falls and fish because there's a spot where i just always find bigger fish it's like i gotta hit it before we go so i'm i'm there casting dan pokes his head around the the bend a little bit it's like hey are you about ready to go I'm like yeah cool really, five more it was, casts it was he was far enough away that we were doing like the hand motions it was like we're uh, time you know yeah. time to go almost out of shouting distance yeah um so, yeah, five more casts. So, of course, I make my five casts. I, I bung up one. Were you fly the, fishing? Yeah. Bung up one in the grass and had to pull the weeds off the flies, and so that, in my mind, gave me a couple extra casts. Bonus casts. So, uh, I get mulligans. Yeah. Mulligans. I get to cast count. seven. Okay. Um, 
And I love that you're documenting this for like when they come and want to make like a river runs through a part two with Jacob. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, how many cast was it? Just mm. past a hatchery. It was uh, seven. So, you know, I, at that point I get a good drift and it's at the very end of my drift and I am almost ready to pick up and cast again. And it's fish on. He bolts out of the water, completely full body out of the water. And at that point I get a, you know, a look at him. I'm like, Oh, okay it's on and so he gets all the way out of the water and then he goes back in dives down comes up to the surface and just beelines right towards me at the bank like almost going to beach himself and so he gets to the bank and then turns around and goes back out um at this point i think dan kind of looks around the bend again no we hear you hollering yeah it's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. that is, that is Brayden and I look at each other. I think Jacob wants something, so I, I kind of walk down the bed and I can see stick. him. And he's got the rod in one hand. And he's just going like this, <laughs> and I, and I'm on one side, the other side of the creek, and Braden's on the same side as him. So I said something like, I think Jacob needs something. Go help And him. I don't you know. You just said Jacob's hollering. So I, like, was just kind of curious. Like, I wonder what's going on. I was just down next to him. And so, like, I walked over the hill, and I look over the hill, and I just see his rod, like, boom. And he's like, yeah. well, I didn't <laughs> he, know. he didn't say anything. He looked at me, and his eyes were like this. And I was like, he needs a net. He needs a net. Yeah, I didn't know if he was hurt or if he had a fish. And, you know, I didn't know if I needed to cut straight across the creek, wade straight across the creek, or walk all the way up to the top and around. Like, I'm like, I'm going to walk. It's just not important enough to (laughs) cut across the creek. That will not be inconvenient for Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I can't remember what point you got over there, but the – the fish was around a bunch of trees. There's a root ball and some rocks, and he was heading straight towards any piece of cover yeah. he could find. He he knew he knew what he was doing. I got to get out of this. I'm going to go rub on stuff, and so he he bolts to one side, tries to get under a rock. I I put some pressure on him and get him back out into the main current, and then he goes towards a tree, and I I bend him back the other way to get him out of that. I can't believe you stayed hooked this whole time, dude. Well, it was barbless too. But yeah, so I, I'm fishing a two nymph rig. A little bit bigger fly at the top and a really tiny one at the bottom, like size 20. And if you fly fish, that's like microscopic almost. And so he's on the barbless fly, which you just got to keep pressure on him. So I'm just doing everything I can to not pull hard and direct him where I want him to go. He goes towards one tree. I'm like running up and down the, the bank trying to get around that. Then he goes out towards the middle where there's a root ball and a, a log, but they're separated. So there's water in between them. He goes around it, around the root ball, and under the log. At this point, my line is strapped through it. I'm like, it's over. Like, there's no way I can get him out of that. I get up past him. I'm able to kind of jiggle my line free. Braden's standing there. And he's like, I see him. He's still on. I see him. And so I'm working my line, try to get it out, get it out from under the root ball, and then put a little bit of pressure on him to pull him back under the log. And at this point, I notice the tinier fly that he wasn't on at first is now hooked in his dorsal fin. So he had, Mm. he had gotten rid of the flies at some point and got back on. And yeah. And so he goes towards the bank. He's almost like rubbing up against the brush and stuff on the side of the bank. And at this point I'm like, Braden, get up ahead, get up ahead. And so he's up there. I get him kind of to a spot where I feel comfortable with him. I, I back down, um, Braden gets in the right spot with the net, and we just kind of let him, you know, kind of work his way slowly, just keeping him away from the debris, 
gets in the net, and I think I they probably heard me and, and <laughs> when I was yelling. So it was yeah. pretty exciting. It was like perfect timing, like right when he kind of got into that situation where like he spit the fly and then got hooked in the dorsal fin. Like I think he had pretty well expired himself at that yeah. point, like to where he like was kind of drifting and you were able to like bully him through and like that little channel. Yeah. And then he kind of just like floated down the stream, right? To, I mean, it was like, it was a heck of a fight he put up. It wasn't super long, but he was not messing around. No. He, like as soon as he got hooked, he was like, I am getting out he of this situation. Yeah. It was so, crazy. So you got him. Yeah. We landed him and, uh, you know, he's, he was about 18 inches, pretty good, hefty fish. I would say if I had to guess like two and a half pounds or so, um, which down there is a good fish. There are definitely bigger. Uh, but when you're fishing a hatchery, you're getting a lot of those 10, right. nine inch stalkers. And so this is a great fish. Um, and the, the fashion at which I, we got him was pretty awesome. So yeah. well, excited. people have to check out, we're not going to put the photo up. We're going to make you go to Jacob's go out. Yeah. Check out the trophy. Yeah. It'll be up there. Jacob Knight. Uh, okay. So. We got we got so tell we, some deer stories. Yeah, right? so we got the fish, and we're like, all right, we can check fishing off. We we're all living <laughs> vicariously through Jacob's yeah. trophy. Our hearts um, were beating as fast as his were, probably. <laughs> yeah, so. well, it's because he made you do all the running I around. <laughs> I was yeah. over there like, Brayden, go here, go there. And go I was here. walking around the creek, so I was yeah, able you to stroll that, up. Man. I was able to stroll <laughs> up yeah, after stroll. like all stroll all is the, correct. All of the word. The, it was practically netted when I got up. I so. hope Jacob returns this favor of like not helping at all <laughs> in the deer story. Um, so uh, so we went to uh, Zach, who will be tagged in my trophy post, and you'll have to check out my my trophy um, with Whetstone Habitat Management, who Go Wild's done some work Shout with out. and done yep. some. He's the man. Done some videos with before, and I think the last time you did a video with him. Uh, maybe three months ago, he mentioned, hey, if you know anyone who's like a first-time hunter that wants to go out and hunt, um, let me know. So Jacob puts it up in Slack. Anyone interested? I think within 30 seconds. Our I was like, I do. Slack's our chat. <laughs> I don't know if anybody doesn't know. Yeah, Slack's like our internal office chat. Anyone want to go to this guy's property and hunt for the first time? And I'd only been with the company maybe a month. Uh, so So I was like, Already one month in, I'm getting an opportunity to hunt. So we set it up. Zach has uh, like 300 acres that he's managing, and he's trying to bring down the deer population a little bit. So uh, we were planning on trying to shoot a doe or two. Um, and so we waited until we decided we are going to do um, musket loaders. Is that Mus- what you call them? Muzzle, Muzzle loaders. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the first time you said musket. Musket. I think last time it's I not said powder and balls. Yeah, yeah I think I said musket. Uh, I think it was just like we're gonna musket it. Brought we, out ye old blunderbuss. Yeah, I said like reload the musket or something. Anyway, pirate, the Revolutionary yeah. War muzzle loaders, which obviously you can tell I've never shot before. Uh, which is funny because you're like a hardcore gun. Yeah, guy. Yeah, he does his way around a, firearms yeah. better than probably any of us. Most yeah, of us, yeah, I am a hardcore gun guy and. Uh, well, I mean, I should be careful saying that on Go Wild because there's some real hardcore, but but way more than the average person. But it's always on steel with you. I can't believe you do home defense with a muzzle. <laughs> he does I with might. a musket. That's why I kept saying. I personally choose a blunderbuss. I might now. Uh, so so that was new to me, um, but I understood the concept of it. Um, so so I was pretty confident within in the um, the muzzle loaders had optics on it so it wasn't like i was using iron sights or anything uh but so anyways we get to his property we wake up early the next day 
uh, go out set up in uh, a barn that's been uh, kind of one corner has been converted into a blind that overlooks a food plot cornfield. And Zach, three or four days earlier, mowed half of it. So all the corn was on the ground. It was a good feeding area. And it kind of set it up. It was like there's a, a, a food plot that's diagonal to us. And one corner is maybe 50 yards away. And the other corner is 150 yards away. And then there's a row of trees with a little pinch point that's almost out of view and then another food plot and it kind of goes up. So the goal was, you know, since the, the, the field was mowed and the corn's on the ground, that's where the deer are going to go. Turns out that one of his feeders still had corn in it. That he and another part of the property. And another part of the property that he had it's a camera legal in on. Kentucky, by the way. It's yeah, <laughs> that he had a camera on, and he thought it had run out of corn. So we were, as we were in the blind, we were constantly getting alerts that there's deer up at the other. So we're like, did we move or not? But so maybe shortly after daybreak, we're sitting there, and Jacob, we're all kind of spread out with different angles. And Jacob's on the right, so he can see to the far left of the barn. Are you guys hunting? No. No. Okay. You're just hanging out. Yeah. They're just taking pictures. They're behind me. Heckling, taking photos. Napping. (laughs) Farting. Farting. Lots of Gummy bearing. Shout out to the Ozonics for keeping our fire. Yeah, the Ozonics gave. (laughs) Things dope, by the way. Yeah. Never seen Um, one. So Jacob sees the first deer, which is a fawn. And me, not knowing anything about deer or hunting, I always assumed that deer were like herd animals and you would rarely see one by itself yeah so i'm getting ready i'm like fawn that means the mom's close by and then there'll be a buck with it i don't know anything so he he alerted me and i'm frozen i'm getting nervous like oh this is this is the moment and i don't see it for probably five minutes and i think he saw something (laughs) <laughs> and then like sure enough out of the to be fair the it was like a six foot window yeah that, that it went eagle-eyed jacob spotted it I'm not sure so then the fawn comes out of the the corn and we're cool and we're watching it and zach's getting some pictures and documenting it and whatnot yeah that was so his goal for the trip he was like i just want to get a picture of a fawn like that and it was like immediate it was yeah. like when we got out there it's like yep. check that box <laughs> so then uh, uh all of a sudden a doe enters stage right which is you know, pretty much coming around the barn, maybe 20 yards in front of us, and starts heading towards the cornfield. And I get the okay to shoot. So we're kind of waiting for it. It goes about 60 yards out. And I caught my muzzle loader and get ready and put the crosshairs right on it and pull the trigger. And uh, it jumps and runs off a little bit. And I was like, yeah, you, you got it. And then it kind of looks at us. And we're like, all right, this is the part where it goes down. And then we're looking at it closer, and there's no blood on it. And it's like, eat some corn, <laughs> looks at us, and then like slowly walks away. Flips you the bird and gets and, out of there. Yeah, and I'm just like, what happened? Um, and they're like, well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you missed, or maybe it was um, a bad shot. So <clears throat> we went out into the field to look for blood, no blood. No fur, no blood. No fur, no blood. We had, you know, we were videoing this, so we looked at the footage. No impact or anything. Couldn't see where the bullet went. And I'm like, you know, I shoot guns a decent amount. I was dead on. I know how to pull a trigger and not jerk and and whatever, whatever. 
And I was dead on. That was a, a perfect shot. So we're trying to figure out what happens. And Braden goes, well, you know, with a muzzle loader, um, you kind of have to hold on it. You have to follow through because it's a little bit slower of a burn. And if you're, if you just, as soon as you hear the, the, the hammer fall, you start moving the gun, it could affect the shot a little bit. And he says that, I'm like, you know, I don't think I did that. I think as soon as I heard that hammer fall, I was starting to move the gun like I would if I was in an IDPA, you know, competition or something. I'm not used to that delay. So I'm like, well, maybe that was it. But I think the gun is off zero. So we had another gun that had magnum loads in it, so an extra black powder charge. So I'm like, okay, if we get another opportunity, we're going to use that gun. So we're waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, and we're seeing deer go through the other plot, and we can see them. You know, we've, we're glassing them, and we're, we're, like, turned down our way, and they're not. We're seeing bucks chase does, and we're seeing you know, does with fawns and everything kind of go up to that other feeder. So Zach and I are like, well, let's try to stock up there and see if we can get something. Now, as a first-time hunter, I kind of went whole hog on the accoutrement, on the camo. That's a hunting apparel. term. You're going to have to explain that. Accoutrement. <laughs> what the heck is that? Accoutrement is French for a bunch of stuff you don't really need. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Junk. Right. He did that. So I was all <laughs> matchy-matchy. Oh, yeah. He looked camo, great. Camo, and I was a little bit brokenhearted that we were orange hat, orange vest, sitting in a black box, and no one could see or not see my beautiful camo. Yeah, you could have thrown on just like a black hoodie. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, why, why am I all camoed up? But so we decided to do a little stock up the hill, super slow and quiet, and we were hoping to creep up on, on some deer. And we're like, if this doesn't work, we're just going to call it for the day and go to lunch. This is probably like 11-ish. And so uh, we're stalking up there. There's nothing there. We come back. We're like, well, what do we want to do? There's no more deer. We're like, well, let's go eat lunch. Let's go cook some ribs. And Zach had a side-by-side, a four-seater side-by-side. And we're like, we'll just push it down the hill a little bit, start it up, and head back. So we all load our stuff back up into the the side-by-side, and he kicks on the engine, and we start driving down, and we look to our right, and there's like, what, three or four deer at the pinch point, and they're coming right our way. And so he's like, oh, back into the barn. And we <laughs> pull up, pull up, pull up. <clears throat> and me, once again, not being a, uh experienced hunter, would think, they're going to hear this. They're going to see all this motion. They're not going to come over here. But apparently they're more curious than I thought, and they hear some noise they don't know, and they kind of want to investigate it. So we post up, and there's a deer, a doe, with two fawns, you know, older fawns. I think Zach said that they were probably six months six old. Months, yeah. And Zach goes, she's a really good mom, uh, we need to cull her. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, I'm trying to decrease the deer population. And, and this doe uh, constantly has fawns. So she's a good target. And the fawns are well old enough to sustain themselves. So get ready. So 
we're thinking that's going to cut in front of the corn. It cuts behind the corn. And like Jacob said, on the left side. Hunting one-on-one. Whatever you want them to do, <laughs> yeah. they don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did once. <laughs> he, got, he got his chance. It's like exactly what like we wanted. 20 minutes into the hunt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he, we, our theory is he just wanted the hunt to continue. I, yeah. I can relate. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. so, so uh, like Jacob said earlier, on the left side of the cornfield, there's maybe a six-foot window between where – the corn ends and the deer begins, and we know they're going to cut through. We know that there's a doe and two fawns. So they're like, if it comes through there, shoot it. And now I've got the gun with the magnum load. And so I have to real quick, and I'm no deer expert, and these fawns were pretty old for fawns, real quick identify the doe from the two fawns, yeah. which I felt pretty confident in, felt like it was a good shot. Pull the trigger. I can actually see through the smoke of the the musket bus. <laughs> <laughs> the loose black through powder. The, through the pirate cannon smoke. <laughs> I can see the deer react to getting hit and yep. get hit. And I'm like, okay, good hit. I think you guys kind of knew it was a yeah, hit. You could tell she was hit. For sure. Uh, so we're all excited, and we're like, oh, the deer's going to go down. And, and it ran off. Um through a creek bed, up over a public road, and into a cornfield. And we can see the cornfield because we were at a high elevation. So we're seeing over the creek and the road into the next cornfield. And it's like, oh, no, it's still up. And I'm going to pause the story right here and jump back a little bit because before this hunt, you were like, what were you most nervous about? And I said, what I'm most worried about is wounding this animal and not taking a good shot. And I told everyone that. I'm like, I don't care. I, I was joking I'd kill a fawn if someone told me to. I, I'm not really concerned about that as long as it's a quick, humane kill. So I'm just like, oh, no, this is worst-case scenario. So Zach, I think Zach or Jacob's watching it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, it's down. And it's down in this cornfield. And we're all like, yes, yes, yes. And then he's like, and it's up. And its head it's, was up. It's down, yeah. and then it's, it's head's up, and it's looking around, and it's down. And we're like, oh, no, what do we do? So we're glassing. Then all of a sudden, one of us noticed that there's another doe. Yeah, it was me, Jacob. I had Coming the, from I had the, the right, angle. and Jacob's like, there's another doe. And I look, and sure enough, there's another doe. And Zach's so focused on my doe that we literally just shot 20, 30 seconds before that that he doesn't see this other doe. And we're like, Zach, there's another doe here. If you want to get two does off your property, here's the opportunity. And we had the other, I keep on wanting to say musket, muzzle loader. Yeah. Uh, that I assumed was not zeroed correctly, and the scope was way off. <laughs> it's a great full circle. Yeah. So I'm like, well, there's this one. <clears throat> but it was coming up so close. It was coming up in front of the cornfield, between us and the cornfield, so maybe 30 yards away. And we've got a good video of this that, that we'll post in the app. But um, he's like, all right, well, here we go. So we already had the other uh, uh, muzzle loader loaded up. And he gets right on it, and beautiful, clean, double-lung shot. Deer drops, you know, 10 seconds later, obvious. She was probably 15 yards from where the impact was. Yeah, so great shot. So, yeah, okay, awesome. Go back to glassing our deer. (laughs) It's down, and it's heads up again, and it's down, and it's heads up again. So we're talking about what do we need to do. No one was really sure where the deer was hit, what was going on. So it was kind of one of those, do we let it lie there and naturally expire, or do we go up on it, risk spooking it and it running off with a mortal wound or whatever? 
So I'm borderline heartbroken, and I'm like, you know, I don't want it to suffer, but I also don't want to, you know, scare it or make it have a heart. Because it didn't seem like it wasn't yelping or it didn't seem like it was in distress or anything. Just kind of chilling under a tree. So we decide we're going to reload the muzzle loaders and go up on it. And if we need to do a final shot, we'll do that. So we start cutting through the creek bed, and there's just so much blood. It's bleeding out everywhere. And we're like, good, this is a mortal wound. And then we start seeing little bits of corn in the blood trail. So we're like, well, maybe we nicked the guts, mm-hmm. or maybe it was a gut shot, or whatever. So we come up on it, and we're like, it's going to die either way with the amount of blood. I mean, it's just so much blood. So do we leave it, or do we finish it off? And I kind of had to have that big boy moment of, like, this is the responsible thing to do, even though I don't want to do it. The issue was we were in this cornfield, and it was laying down, and all you could literally see was the head and neck and maybe three inches of shoulder. And so uh, Zach goes, well, you can shoot it in the neck. And I just told him, like, straight up, I'm not comfortable with my skill with this muzzle loader. I'm not comfortable enough to shoot it in the neck and it like literally if i wound this animal again it's i'm never going to hunt again (laughs) so what do we do well let's back out it's losing so much blood it's going to die here soon anyways and just once again had that big boy moment of i'm here now with a loaded gun let's finish it off and text like okay if anything goes wrong i can go with a follow-up shot so i'm trying to talk to zach about the anatomy of a deer and it's laying on its side and its head's up where should I aim? And he's like, well, if you aim right at the very top of the shoulder, blah, 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 blah. So I literally put the scope, the crosshairs, right at uh, the lowest point I think I can hit before I hit the ground. So as far down as I can hit. So uh, Zach Vakurvich is like wildlife biologist and like understands deer super well, like went to school for this. And he told me afterwards, like this moment you're talking about where like you're looking at a deer laying down in like, tall was it corn or grass corn corn so like there's not much of it exposed and from your all's angle he was like i took like anatomy on deer like i understand exactly where everything is and it was still a really tough call to like decide shot placement from that angle but like you're obviously you wouldn't have taken that shot if it wasn't like a humane like killing point but like you needed you needed to take that deer down it wasn't Mm -hmm. like this was the first shot so yeah yeah and it was just one of those things where we could walk away and um, the deer would have naturally gone, but I just felt like I would have been copping out a little yeah. bit. Like, I need to put on the big boy pants and do something I don't want to do for this animal. Yeah. So I shoot uh, and the deer gets up, the doe gets up. And you guys are still back where we were yeah. hunting, glassing, so you're seeing all this. Yeah. We stayed at kind of a higher point so we could see if she did get up, where'd she go, and that kind of stuff. So the so the doe gets up and it's the it's still got the two fawns are hovering around and it starts going up a hill, and we're like Zach's ready with the third shot. So this will be the third shot, and I'm in shambles because I'm like, what am I do? I'm questioning everything about my <laughs> marksmanship abilities. Yep. Like what is going there. on? This is horrible. Uh, and Zach can see her, and he goes, I you know I think she's partially unzipped, meaning that. I've somehow wounded her in such a way that she's almost fully exposed on her belly. And I'm just like, 
mentally like this is going to be horrible this is embarrassing uh this is inhumane and then jacob said how about we do a podcast to talk about all (laughs) this (laughs) oh and by the way it's on film (laughs) so uh so the deer is going up a hill zach has a great shot on it uh and it's still going it's still it's like the terminator still going up the hill and we're like do we need to start trying to reload the the muzzle loaders again like what's going on and then it gets a little wavy and then falls over and kind of rolls down the hill so great you could tell by the way when she got up and started walking across the, the ridge line you could tell <clears throat> she's open mouth panting she yeah. was hurt i'm like dying to know where you hit this thing yeah. you got to get to that part cuz i'm itching yeah. I'm itching to know. It, w- it was a be, fatal shot. That'll be part two. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Join given us he brought week. in backstrap for you just now, I knew it was fatal. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm saying, like, his initial shot yeah. was yeah. fatal. Yeah. It was just the length of time. How much time has spanned it was since about, first shot? It felt like an hour, but it was but probably no, I was, was looking, probably I was minutes. videoing looking at my phone. So, like, it was 10, about 10, you 15. all were. Yeah, it was probably about 10 minutes okay. before you got to take the shot. You were there talking for about five minutes. Because once the deer bedded down, in the cornfield, yeah. we assumed that it was going to expire. And then yeah. we were so ex- distracted by that second doe yeah. and Zach's thing that took our attention. And then it wasn't until that doe was down and we looked back and then we're all shocked that the deer still got its head up. Yeah, yeah, we like glazed over the fact that Zach shot another one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I'm sure, evident of, you know, an expert hunter with great property is it's like, oh, yeah, and then we shot another deer. 30 seconds later, which, you know, according to Braden's experience, mostly you're lucky to see one deer <laughs> like in a whole day. I don't know. Dude, I'm doing, I, man. Like, no, <laughs> multiple times I've shot deer and other deer come to check out what's going on. Yeah. yeah so, so, uh, yeah. So besides Zach's thing. So, so we were in that four person side by side and we had to go back up to the house and get another, uh, off-road vehicle that we could put the deer into the, the back of. Meanwhile, Zach's dad, who's back at the house, who apparently never curses, uh, texts Zach and goes, three shots, what the F? Yeah. And I think he's thinking that we're all shooting deer or we're target shooting or something. But Yeah, because it was his gun and you told him told zach that like this gun's off and he's like oh yeah no it's not <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll yeah. tell that as once we get back to the oh, barn yeah. what he was ready to do but <laughs> yeah so so we were so the dad was setting up target uh, target because he was so nervous that his gun caused me to miss my shot and i was joking that on the side-by-side ride back if we were going to calibrate the guns i'd be wrenching on that scope so that i could be sure that it was off so i didn't look <laughs> like a bad hunter but um but, no, so we go get the, the second vehicle. We decide to go get Zach's deer first because we know it's for sure expired. Um, and then we'll go up kind of that hill and, and get mine. So we get his beautiful shot, double lung, like like we said, um, great-looking doe. Put it in the back of the truck, go up to mine. And the whole time we're kind of going, you know, over the road. And then we go get into this field this way. And it's kind of a long journey. I was borderline like, I don't even know if I want to see this because if it's unzipped – if it's, you know, a crime scene, it's going to haunt me. And it might affect my hunting. <laughs> so I was a little bit nervous to come up on it. And I shot this deer three times. It's going to be horrendous. So we come up on it and turns out uh, that the first shot that I shot was a little low <clears throat> than I thought it would be. But it was in line with what I was aiming at. Were you putting it into her shoulder or for the lungs behind? So, so, so good point. 
I knew generally where to um, shoot a deer, but I was back about six inches in my mind from where you should aim. And I thought that that leg coming up, that big muscle group, I thought that that was shoulder blade bone. And I thought you were supposed to aim right behind that. And really, where I was aiming was about six inches. Even past that? So you, behind Did you liver that. shot her? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so I liver shot her, and what we thought was her being unzipped was just a blood trail. Yeah. And so from a distance, it looked like there was a wound going all the way down. But it was a pretty good shot, so I felt good. So I liver shot mine, and it's the same thing. It didn't bleed immediately, but then when it started, <coughs> it was like blood factor. Yeah. yeah. So – I felt a lot better about that first shot. Um, and so it's like, well, what happened with the second shot? And we're looking for the second shot damage where she was bedded down and I'm trying to go as low as possible. Uh, and I think I hit the ground in front of her. I think I was aiming so low. And the reason for that was after we were done, his, his Zach's dad came out with uh, one of the side-by-sides and was helping to us drive you up. out of his property to, to yeah. never come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we were talking about it and we were recapping my first doe that I totally missed. And, uh, you know, he goes, well, how far away were you? And we got like 50, 60 yards. And he goes, well, it's zeroed for a hundred. So at 50 yards, it would probably be about seven inches high. And I'm like, what? And Zach's like, what? And, uh, the dad goes, yeah, those are only loaded with 100-grain bullets, so mm-hmm. there's a big arc to them. And I didn't even think, you know, I'm used, used to, to shooting, shooting ARs. <laughs> ARs and, you know, high-velocity rounds, and I wasn't even thinking about that the trajectory of it. Yeah. So I think doing that coupled with me not following through, I probably just whizzed it right over, right over the back. So then I switched to the Magnum load, which is higher velocity, and I was shooting the that follow-up shot on the bedded deer, uh, you know, at 10 yards. So now it's it's a totally different trajectory. And me aiming at that point of impact, um, I think it just hit before, kicked some dirt up in its face, and it got it to get up. Um, so that was my inexperience with that gun. And in hindsight, we should have the day before, the night before, taken a couple practice shots with it. But um, so it was a successful hunt. Uh, we took both deer back to his barn, and Zach showed me how to field dress it. I mean, it was strung up, but it was still uh, an anatomy lesson and a knife skills lesson. Um, was shocked at how hard it is, you know, because you watch YouTube videos of people doing it, and they're such experts. They make everything look easy. Uh, I was shocked at how much force you have to use with the knife, how hard it is to skin um, all that sort of stuff. Zach and Braden went home after that. And then Zach and I, or Jacob and Braden went home. Zach and I stayed and he showed me how to butcher and quarter and wrap all of the various so cuts. You, Zach helped you process the whole thing? Yeah, yes. it was an anatomy lesson. It was great. That's like, great. That's like once in a ever. lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, once I mean. in a lifetime. And he wasn't even processing his own deer. He was yeah. taking it to a processor. So yeah. he was literally just doing it to... Um, educate me. So yeah. once again, shout out Whetstone Habitat Management. Yeah, that's super nice, man. I mean, um, it's it's very time consuming to go through and get everything and to, to get each cut and to do it right and to get somebody to show you firsthand, like 
for free. For a guy free. I've never met before. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and, you know, even besides that, just there's a lot of cleanup. There's blood all over their barn. You know, I, I stayed you late. You terrorized the entire deer population helped, there? Yeah, helped scrub it. Um, made his dad curse, which he apparently <laughs> never does. So, you know. Overall, just a super great experience. Super lucky to have had that experience. Um, do, you, do you think you want to hunt again? Oh, I definitely want to hunt again. Okay. Um, we didn't scar you. No, and it really wasn't that scarring of an experience. It was a very humbling experience. And it was very much like, you know, thinking about especially my missed shots. I'm like, well, I can hit steel at 300 yards all day long. And then I was really thinking about it. I'm like, but maybe not first shot. Usually the first shot or two is me missing in one direction or another and then calibrating. And then once I kind of know the, the dope and the windage, yeah, then I can. And I'm like, you know, I've never really had a situation where I have to be cold bore, first, first shot, shot, split second decision as soon as that deer, you yeah. know, gets broadside. Um, Add an animal. At an, at an animal it's a different where, the, where, the, where the stakes yep. are so high. And, yeah. and you think about, like, well, what must have been like where it's like people who are hunting for food where it's like this. If I get this, this deer, it. this is my family eating well for the do you, season. Do you think that's why you whiffed on your muzzleloader shot, too? Uh, we actually found out. I shot. It was a three fifty Legend, and I shot a huge branch that was in the way. So Oh, okay. It's a little yeah. bit. Yeah, a little different. It was a little the, better. Yeah, the, I do agree that, like, that, that. Not only cold, but your heart rate's going from like, depending on how in shape you are, somewhere in the fifty to seventy range to like a hundred, like that, and then you got that rush of adrenaline. You've got all, every freaking chemical in your brain is is pounding you. That. You don't make good decisions. Well, plus well, all the there's like a checklist of things you have to do. Yeah. Setting up, preparing for the shot. You got to make sure your hands are in the right spot. You're, oh yeah, the yeah. number of times I pulled on a deer and the safety was still on is astounding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my first shot was not heart racing at all because in my head, which is you, you were know, explains a lot of my life. I'm like, this is easy. I'm gonna put the crosshairs right where it should be. Pull the trigger. Done. We'll be home by 9 a.m. We'll be back on the. Re- so I was already there after I missed that first shot, and mind you. I've also know that Braden and Jacob are behind me documenting everything yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. We're going to put it on the interweb for our – That's what Kevin Chittum said yeah. when he, he neck shot that uh, turkey this year because he's like, I, I w- I was, it was on camera. I'm hunting with all you guys. I've got a professional caller with me. It's four sweepstakes. Yeah. And I was so worried that I was going to miss that I overcorrected and shot so low on the bird. He took out like this bird's breast uh, off the shot because he overcorrected on a 10-yard shot with a shotgun. So, so that second shot when I had a small window and there was a doe and two fawns and I had to correctly identify it and do mm-hmm. everything, then my heart w- was racing a little bit. Um and, you know, it's one of those things where even though the hunt went well, uh, I realized how close it was. You know, lobbing that first bullet over the back, if it was an inch or two lower and hit the spine, it would have been a complete, completely different scenario. So even though it was a successful hunt, I have been humbled and realized that no matter if we do a bow hunt or another muzzleloader hunt. Or I think we got to get you hunt. out for a modern gun yeah. and get you out there with one of your guns you're comfortable with. Yeah. So. Whatever it is, it has to be something well before season starts, though. 
practice with and get comfortable with. Well, the uh, I'm glad the old blunderbuss muzzle. Bu- what did you call it? Musket. M- M- musket. I think I called it a musket loader. A musket musket loader. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm glad the musket loader uh, panned out for you. I'm glad you're. Uh, it's funny, man, because I've taken Chris out like God knows how many times turkey hunting, and uh, on one of the podcasts we recorded when we came back, he's like, "I hope to one day be a hunter." I'm like, "No, you're a hunter. This is pretty much what it is for most of us. We go out, we don't see anything, we don't kill anything, we come back, and we have regret. You, you got to come back with plenty of regret." but you did at least get a doe so yeah, uh so how much uh, it looked like a big doe yeah. uh not as big as zach's that he got i think it was 125 pounds that's a good doe it was good and it was super healthy um yeah, yeah a lot of fat yeah haven't yep. haven't had any of the meat did you save the heart and everything we saved the ha- uh, heart from mine since mine was a liver shot i think i took zach's doe's liver yeah um so now comes the i gotta learn i don't have a smoker I don't have a dehydrator. I've got to talk my wife into <laughs> buying me one or let you guys uh, borrow yours. I got a dehydrator. I'll give it to you. Grinders, all that sort of stuff. Start you you just got a dehydrator just like that. $50 dehydrator. You can Boom. Have For free? Yeah, I got two of them. Uh, I still feel in the like box. there's a string attached to no. this. <laughs> Not yet. I'll find something <laughs> I need later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give them time. But you no, I, um, I, I, I will get you hooked up with a good recipe book and get after it. It'll be good. It's exciting. Uh yeah, I think it's going to be a year's, you know, we don't have any kids or anything, so just my wife and I, it's going to be a year's worth of food for sure. Now, now you will have the the bug and you're going to want to get out for turkey. You're going to want to, oh, yeah. you know. That's, We're that conversation is already and, happening. And, yeah. now, and now the expectation set where I expect to take my first shot by 9 a.m. and then have uh, yeah. a yeah. Dead Let me, deer. I'll take you out to some public a, land. A dead deer yeah. by noon. We'll yeah. go get and up we'll, in a tree. And then we'll and be back and yeah. eat ribs. That's, and, I mentioned a couple times yesterday, like, this is not normal. You <laughs> yeah. don't get enough side-by-side. You don't side, get Drive ribs. two minutes and yeah. get into a comfy blind yeah. inside of a barn. A barn. Yeah. He going to learn next fall. Yeah. We'll yeah. take him out. He goes yeah. sit under a tree with me when it's raining. And, and, and honestly, a miles. I think, you know, just kind of big picture, looking back on the hunt experience, Really, I think I'm going to enjoy thinking about waiting for the deer with you guys and fishing and hanging out the cabin the night before and the experience and camaraderie. And I feel like if it was me by myself doing it, it would be a totally different experience. So very lucky to have these guys, you know, have to have a uh, a job where one month into your job, your coworkers are like, hey, let's all go spend a weekend together. Yeah. It's very rare, and and for you know to have coworkers that you enjoy spending time with outside of work is um, great. So yeah, I look forward to hanging out with these guys and not killing deer more than <laughs> going out by myself and killing a deer. So this is an awesome story. Um, I I really enjoyed. Get, I'm glad you like working here. I'm glad you like these goobers. Um, <laughs> We're an acquired taste. Yeah, I mean, it takes some time. They're the, they're the best we could do, so I'm glad they're, they're enough. <laughs> All right, uh, I think we got to wrap. This is uh, well, only five episodes in, but it's the longest we've we've gone. But the story was so good. I was like, yeah. we got to keep going. We're going Joe Rogan style. No, no, we're not. We are calling it. <laughs> I'm not doing two more hours. Uh, but uh, this was awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to many more first first hunting experiences with Dan. I have to get, get you out after a turkey this year. Yeah, and I think we're – I don't know what the plan is, but we've got tons of pictures. There'll probably be some more content yeah. uh, around my hunt, so just keep your eyes peeled on the app. Follow me on the app. I don't post a lot, but I'm sure 
there's going to be a That's lot That's because of... you're too busy shipping all these stinking reward shirts I that know, people want. Yeah. I'm getting caught up. It's, I'm hoping by Christmas, every if you're waiting on a medium or a large shirt, it should be out. But, yeah, I think my feed on the app the next couple of months <clears> is going to be like, Dan's first turkey hunt. Dan's first goose hunt. Yeah. Hopefully. Dan's I love first it. Whatever. Dude, I'm still, I'm still doing the same thing to you. I'm, I'm all about the first. I mean – uh, I got to do my first goose hunt just recently. So um, that's what Go Wild's all about. Uh, if you like listening to these goobers, which you, you clearly do because you're still here, um, we're all going to be at Great American Outdoor Show in February. So I don't know the exact schedule um, that, that each of us will be there. I do know I will be there both weekends. Some combination of, of you guys will be there uh, over I don't think anybody else is doing two weekends, but you guys will be there one weekend or another. We'll get that schedule up on the, the we're going to do some rendezvous, some scheduled times that you can come by and kind of get to meet the team. If that's your thing, we'll have show deals. Uh, we've all been working really hard on the booth that we're going to, they're going to, we're going to put up there. We might have to do a whole podcast on just the booth setup Cause it's been, it's been really fun. Uh, our office literally looks like a construction zone <laughs> right now. I'm pretty sure our neighbors wonder uh, what the hell those tech guys are doing because it's just been table saws and uh, hammering. And the promo and stuff. <clears throat> I mean, we were doing, you know, promotional marketing photography with Jacob the day before where he's out in the back <laughs> oh, yeah. of this. <laughs> to, oh, yeah, because we got to have a picture for the booth. So Jacob's standing out there with your AR pistol. Yeah, and we're in a business park yeah. with – you know it's an industrial park like yeah. we are very much like next door to we're next door to two web agencies that build websites like yeah. not a, your in a liberal city <laughs> where you're not used to seeing people yeah. in your backyard with an yeah. ar pistol yeah um so yeah it's going to be fun and if you're going to that show and you want to rep go wild and wear uh a go wild shirt especially a reward shirt you know, walk around the show. If anyone asks you about the shirt, say, yeah, they have a booth here. Well, it's over there. But wear that shirt. Come swing by us. And yeah, we'll have come out. We're going to have a fun, interactive booth. We'll tell more about it later. But the booth's yeah. going to be awesome. Um, we're right up front, right in the first hall when you come in. I can't remember the booth number, but four or something. Uh, we're going to have the best-looking booth. Just look for the best-looking booth yeah. in that area, and it's that'll us. be us. You really don't need to go further once you've seen us Yes, either. and it's then like, you can uh, just turn around and just leave. head back home. Yeah. Twelve-day show, spend about 30 minutes with us. That's right. Road. That's what I would do. All right. Um, that's enough of that. Make sure you log this show on Go Wild. Appreciate you guys listening every week. See Thanks. you guys. See y'all.